Something very interesting is happening in this morning's gospel passage taken from about the middle part of the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark being the shortest of the four gospels, it's only 16 chapters long. And St. Mark, he's very succinct. And he's writing about the very beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. If you remember last week's gospel, which preceded this immediately, Jesus called the first four apostles, Simon and his brother Andrew and James and John brothers. So Jesus and the apostles walk into the synagogue and Jesus is proclaiming the good news. And there's a man in the synagogue who is possessed with a, a demonic spirit, and he addresses Jesus. Actually, it's, it's, the, it's the demon in the man addressing Jesus. What's interesting is this demon recognizes Jesus as the Son of God. He says very plainly in the gospel, I know who you are. I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Anointed One. This demon recognizes that Jesus is the Son of God. Not out of love, but out of great fear. Because the demon knows that Jesus Christ has authority over heaven and earth. And Jesus Christ has the authority and the ability and the power to wipe out that demon. And this happens, this recognition by a demon that that Jesus is the Holy One, this happens a long time before any human being in the Gospel of Mark will recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Before anybody, any human body, any human person recognizes the divinity of Christ. I think it's fascinating that the demons recognize this but people don't in the gospel. If you were to go to Rome and attend Mass in St. Peter's Basilica, if it's at one of the larger Masses, there's a good chance that when you go to receive Holy Communion, there's going to be a gentleman standing next to the bishop or the priest or even the pope, whoever's distributing Holy Communion. And the purpose of the man being there is to make sure that when you receive that consecrated host, which is the body of God, that you consume it. That you don't put it in your pocket. You don't put it in your handbag or your purse. You don't bring it back to somebody else. You don't keep it for safekeeping. Several years ago, you may have remembered that somebody was trying to sell on an online auction site, a host consecrated at a mass presided at by John Paul II. This person trying to be paid thousands of dollars for this consecrated host. There's other people who have more nefarious reasons to steal a host from a holy mass. There's spells, witchcraft, 
black magic which require the presence of a consecrated host. In fact, in the United States, several years ago, there was a group, a satanic group, which was trying to organize what's called a black mass. It's a parody on the mass, to mock the mass. It's an act of worship to the devil, actually. And they were trying to obtain a consecrated host for this. But this also hits closer to home. It's not just things which happen in other countries or other parts of our nation, but it happens, these attacks, these spiritual attacks, these demonic attacks, they're happening in this county. You may have heard me before say that since I've arrived, there's been either something discovered in the parish or something actively happening in each of the five parishes in this county, which at its source are very demonic, including I discovered while cleaning out one church literature put there by somebody who got it from the Church of Satan. It was in one of the churches in this county. The exorcist told me that it's the worst thing he's seen in our diocese so far. At one place I was assigned to, while serving in the military, the cathedral of that particular diocese was broken into one night. The thieves, or the the people who broke in, they didn't actually take anything. They broke into the church, into the cathedral, then they broke into the tabernacle. And they desecrated the Holy Eucharist. I won't tell you why, because it makes me sick to my stomach. It's so disgusting what happened. Complete sacrilege. And a lot of people say, well, it's just a bunch of kids having fun. No. These people knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. It wasn't a game. It was an attack on Jesus Christ, who is God, in the Holy Eucharist, in the tabernacle. What happened 2,000 years ago... The demons recognizing that that Jesus is divine, while people don't, that actually plays out in our society and in our church today. Many people do not recognize the divinity of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. You may have heard me talk about those public opinion polls conducted by Pew and Gallup every year by Catholics, or of Catholics who... um, live in this nation. I've never received a a phone call. Maybe you have. But the results of these studies are always very disturbing, showing that at least half, at least half of the so-called Catholics in this nation, when polled and asked, "Is, is the Eucharist really the body and blood of the Son of God, or is it just a symbol? More than half of those say it's just a symbol, nothing more, nothing less. 
Why is it that, according to their studies, more than half of the Catholics in this, in this nation don't recognize Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? Because the demons do. What's the reason for this? Well, I think one of the reasons is it's in the Gospel. St. Mark mentions the word authority twice. This is very unusual for St. Mark because, once again, his, his Gospel is very short. It's like the Passion narrative with a couple of chapters of introduction. And so he's very concise and when he's repeating something, it's, it's very unusual. We have to pay attention to it. He, he references the authority of Jesus twice. The demons recognize the power of Jesus. They recognize that Jesus has authority over heaven and earth. They recognize this out of fear, though. A servile fear, a fear of being punished, a fear of being banished. And sent back to hell. I personally believe, and this is my opinion, but I, most priests I know would say the same. I personally believe that very few Catholics in our nation today give absolute authority to Jesus Christ over their life. I sincerely believe that very few Catholics, well below 50%, maybe even below 10%, give Jesus Christ absolute authority and power over their life. Where they receive the commandments, the Ten Commandments, and they receive those as having authority over their life. They receive the teachings of our Lord and His Church, in the Roman Catholic Church, and they place these teachings as authoritative over their life. So many people today, they want to be their own God. They want to make up their own rules. They want to be cafeteria Catholics and say, okay, I, I like this part here. Well, these teachings over here, mm, I'm not too fond of. Very few people place Jesus Christ over their life with absolute authority. You may have heard me lamenting over this during Christ the King Sunday which we recognize Jesus as King of Heaven and King of Earth, having absolute power and authority. In the first reading of the, or first line of the second reading, St. Paul saying this, I should like you to be free of anxieties. I should like you to be free of anxieties. Now the context is he's talking about marriage. He said, now this isn't me telling you this, okay? This is St. Paul. He said, if you're going to be married, you're going to be more concerned with pleasing your spouse than pleasing God. Your spouse is going to take a lot of time and attention from you. If you're married, you probably agree with that. You probably realize that. But I think that we can apply this, this, this saying, I should like you to be free of anxieties. I think we can apply this in a much larger sense. I think it's timely today because our world is filled with anxiety and fear. Three years ago, when, when we heard these readings, the world was in the midst of COVID. People were worried about hoarding toilet paper, right? Toilet paper. That was their fear. That was their anxiety. Am I going to have toilet paper tomorrow? 
Today, the, the anxieties, the fears are a little bit different. A lot of uncertainty. How can we live free of anxiety? It's, it's by giving Jesus Christ authority over our life, every part of our life. And that will give us hope and peace, and it's only found in Jesus. If we place our hope, if we place our, our peace in anything or other, anyone other than Jesus, ultimately we will be disappointed. But you will experience true peace and true hope if Jesus Christ has authority over your life. And it begins with recognizing his presence in the Holy Eucharist. The demons do. Shouldn't we? When you were baptized, you became a, a son, you became a daughter of the living God. You became a brother, you became a sister of Jesus Christ. And when you receive the sacrament of confirmation, you receive seven wonderful and specific gifts to be able to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ, to be able to recognize and to know and love Jesus Christ in better ways. One of those gifts being fear of the Lord, a filial fear, a fear of offending God because of his great love, not a servile fear or a master-slave type of relationship. And in receiving the Holy Eucharist, you receive God himself, his flesh and blood, into your very self. His immortal, infinite goodness into your mortal, finite creation. How much more should you and I, baptized, confirmed Catholics, receiving the sacraments, recognize that Jesus is God? The demons do. Shouldn't we? Praise be Jesus Christ.